0: Well, today we have, in our study of 1 John, an an amazing passage. Two packed verses, as clear as they come, about the power and effectiveness of prayer. You know, prayer is one of the most powerful things in all the Christian life. The Bible speaks of prayer over and over. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you will, John 15. In Exodus 34, one of my favorite passages about the power of prayer, listen closely. Moses, in disobedience to God, prays. say, what? Yeah, Exodus 34, God's so frustrated with the people's sin, he says, leave me alone that I might bring judgment. And Moses says, God can't do that. Because if you kill these people, people are going to accuse you of just bringing your people into the wilderness to slaughter them. And so Moses intercedes, he prays in disobedience to God, and God changes his mind and doesn't bring judgment. Talk about a passage showing the power of prayer. And of course, we all know God's phone number, jer 3 3 Call upon me and I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And so today we're going to deal with three aspects of prayer. Because let's face it. Even though we know all these verses, many of us, that prayer is so important, we often struggle, do we not? We struggle in prayer. And if you struggle in prayer, welcome to Christianity. Because if you think about it, you're talking to somebody you cannot see. That's hard. That's just hard. Many times we pray and we believe that we're praying right in line with His will. God, why would you not want this? And yet, it doesn't seem to happen. And so we wrestle. Times when we feel like our prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. It doesn't feel like God is present. And it just gets hard sometimes. And finally, we just lose heart. And maybe we just give up. And so it's normal to struggle in prayer. And one of the reasons why is because Satan knows how powerful this is and he will do everything he can to either keep you from prayer or make your prayers ineffective in one way or another. So we're going to be honest and real today about all of this today, and we're going to have a lot of time for Q&A, so get ready. We had almost 20 to 25 minutes in first service for Q&A, and so it's going to give a lot of opportunity for you to ask questions and even share some testimony. So we're going to deal with three aspects. We're going to deal with the privilege of prayer, the provision of prayer, and then the power of prayer. So let's begin with the privilege of prayer, because let's just take a step back, and even though we've still got all these questions swirling around, and why are some prayers not answered, and blah, 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 just step back, take a deep breath, and say, you know what, let's think about what this really is. Prayer is simply communication with God. We're talking about the God of the universe, the God who spoke the world into existence. Who knows the stars by name. Who knows how many hairs are on your head. Now for some of you it doesn't take long to count those. But for others of you he knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. And we get to talk to him we get to literally have a communication channel with the God of the universe 24-7, 365, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. If you're in Christ today, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and you can communicate with the God of the universe. What a privilege. And sometimes we just need to step back and say, this is an amazing privilege. Yes, I struggle. Yes, I have these issues. Yes, this, this, that, that, and the other, but God, just thank you. This is an amazing thing. That I can be in the remotest area of Africa which I have been in. I could be in this very building. I could be in the most ornate sanctuary, the house of the Lord. Or I could be out in the absolute wilderness where nobody else is, but God is there. And because I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, and so are you if you're in Christ, you can communicate with God. What a privilege. Chuck Swindoll once said, if you want to be great for God, you have to do so on your knees. A man named Steve Smith, many of you may know, heard that statement when he was about 20 years old. If you want to be great for God, you have to do so on your knees. That statement gripped Steve Smith's heart so deeply that he became a mighty warrior of prayer, and now he leads the Athens Prayer Network. That one statement caused him to go home that day when he heard that sermon, and he got on his knees and he says, God, for your glory, I want to be great. Not for me, not for my name and fame, but for you, God. I want to be great in bringing your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And he got on his knees and he said, make me a man of prayer. And today he's in full-time intercessory prayer ministry. And he mobilizes churches, pastors, and others, even in this community, to pray. And God's kingdom is being expanded through that. Now, for some of you, you know that we have what is called a prophetic team here. We believe it's not just a statement on a wall that we're going to be word and spirit. You know, any church can say we want to be word and spirit. But when it comes to things like tongues or prophecy or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're like, nah, 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 nah. You know, we don't really want that. I mean, we, yeah, we say we're word and spirit, but we're not going to really live it. Well, we're, we're really trying to live it here. And so we have a team of people that meet, I think, twice a month. Andy Hines leads this, and it's a prophetic team. They study the gift of New Testament prophecy. And after all, it's the one gift that says earnestly desire earnestly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy so if that's if that gift is kind of singled out then i think it ought to get a little uh, extra attention and so we have a team that meets and they study this gift and they seek to operate in the prophetic in a very biblically balanced way when they get a word we don't write it in the back of our bibles and add to the book of revelation we're not doing that at all because that's not biblical we weigh it we measure it we we uh, uh, critique it through the bible But this week, and so what I do is I give the passage that I'm preaching on to our prophetic team. And and if they feel they have a word, they offer it to me. And I got this yesterday, and I believe it's of the Lord. So you just take it before the Lord. My desire is to bless my children. For my love is overwhelmed with joy for them. You hear the heart of God here? Having them close to me is like a small child that raises their arms in the air and says, Up, up, to their parents waiting to be held. Because they want to be so close and touched by their parents. To feel secure and full of joy. That is my desire for you. True pleasure is in my presence. So your requests and desires can flow with confidence. Because we are one and my joy is your joy. What you desire, what makes you happy is my joyous pleasure. So come up in my arms. Walk with me closely. And what you ask for will be given to you. You have my spirit to lead, direct, and inspire you. Don't be dismayed if you don't see what you believe you should receive. Know that your Father will give you the very best. You are mine. Boy, I hear that, and it just makes my heart pound to know God better because I hear the heart of God and how much he longs for closeness with us. So how is it, beloved, that we have a God that the Bible says is absolutely holy, righteous, and perfect? And the Bible says that we are unholy. We are sinful outside of Christ. How is it that we could have relationship with this holy, all-sovereign, powerful God? We're going to move now to the provision of prayer. What makes prayer possible? What is the provision that God made possible allowing us to have communion with Him? Because it says here, confidence toward Him. How do you have that confidence? I'm going to give you a diagram. I use it often because I want every one of you to know this so well that you can share it. You can draw it on the sands of a beach. You can put it on a napkin in a restaurant. You could write it on a notebook paper somewhere for somebody. But this diagram that I'm about to share with you is so simple, but it's so profound. It could absolutely change your life today if you're not truly saved. It's called the bridge diagram. We have God on one side and we are on the other, and what separates us from God is what the Bible calls sin. Romans 3, 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We have this gap between us and God, and it's, it, it cannot be bridged by anything we do. No amount of good works, no amount of religion, no amount of benevolence, no amount of giving money to the church, no amount of anything you and I do can bridge this gap between us and God. Everything we do to try to get to God falls short. Only one thing and one thing only can bridge that gap. Not only are we separated due to sin, but because of our sin, we deserve the wrath of God. Now, people don't like to use that word today, but it is all over the Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's good enough to preach. What his wrath indicates is the just punishment that sin deserves. His wrath is the just punishment. That sin deserves we deserve the wrath and judgment of God because of our sin the good news today of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he died on that cross bearing your sin in mind and absorbing the wrath of God he absorbed the judgment of God so we would not have to he took the punishment not that he deserved for he was sinless he took the punishment we deserve And when he died on that cross, he took your sin. He died in your place, substitutionary atonement. And he absorbed the wrath of God so that by repenting of your sins, receiving Christ in your life, putting your faith and trust in Christ alone, you are declared righteous, holy, forgiven, and accepted by Almighty God. That's the good news of the gospel. God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the good news of the gospel. By simple faith and trust in Christ alone, you and I can be declared righteous, accepted by God, and have this relationship that allows us provision, allows us constant access to him. No matter how much you're struggling, no matter how much you're doubting, no matter what you're going through, The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, you can come boldly to the throne of grace because of the blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad it's not a throne of works? Aren't you glad it's not a throne of performance? Well, if you're just good enough this week, then you can come to me. If you just have your quiet time for three hours a day, then you can come to me. If you memorize enough Bible verses, then you can come to me. That would be a throne of grace. Oh, I mean, that would be a throne of works. It's not a throne of works. It's a throne of grace. It's all by his grace. We come boldly because we put our trust in what Jesus did on the cross. That's the provision made for you and me. Have you received him? Because if you've accepted Christ and you've received him in your life, then you can have access to God 24-7, 365. If you've not done that, may today be the day. You surrender your life to Christ and put your trust in him alone, and you're born again and saved. Now we come to the power of prayer. And look at this promise that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we've asked of him. What a promise. This passage is filled with incredible promises. But you sometimes, don't you, you look at that and you go, maybe that's not been my experience. And so I think before we get more into how to pray according to His will, I felt it important today to just take a little bit of time and talk about why are some prayers not answered. Because that's probably what a lot of people would ask today. So unanswered prayer due to, first of all, prayerlessness. If you don't pray, you can't expect to get answers. (laughs) The Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. Billy Graham once said that heaven is full of answers for which no one ever bothered to ask Ooh, heaven is full of answers God's warehouse of blessings and answers but no one ever came to ask for them. he has blessings he has he has provision for you he has so much available to you but if you don't ask you will not receive number two is selfishness in the same passage in James Right after saying you do not have because you do not ask, then he says, but you ask, but you do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly or selfishly to spend it on your own passions. Ooh. Selfishness. God, I just pray for a new truck, a fully loaded F-150 leather interior lifted. Really? Why are you asking that? Was for your glory, God. <laughs> I'll use it to serve you. Maybe. Some treat prayer as if God is this genie in a bottle. And so we are told that some prayers are not answered because of our motives. Number three, similar to number two, is sin. In Psalm 66, if I had cherished... Now, that word cherish means to hold on to and not want to let it go. And if you're holding on to your sin then your prayers are probably going to be with impure motives and out of the will of God. Now this is not, listen closely, this is not talking about the occasional slip up of a genuine abiding follower of Jesus. This is not like, oh my gosh, you got to make sure that all of your sins are confessed or else your prayers are not going to be answered. And you do this spiritual navel gazing that makes you just always focus, you're too sin conscious. Listen, if you're in Christ, you are righteous in Jesus your spirit person is made alive you are declared a saint you may not perfectly live holy we all fall short but the essence of your being is righteous in christ and so as you're walking in that yes we occasionally drift we have impure thoughts we make decisions that are out of the will of god but if you're truly abiding in christ you'll be immediately convicted of that You'll want to can quickly repent of that and come right back into the righteousness that you have in Christ. So this passage is not saying if there's, if there's a hidden sin in your life, then God's not going to hear you. It's talking about cherishing. It's the person who holds on to their sin and holds on to their pride and holds on to their rebellion and they don't want to follow God. That's what this is talking about. That will hinder your prayers. Now, similar to that is number four. Often sin deals with relational issues. Ooh. Now, husbands, I am one, so this is a boomeranger. I can throw it out there, but it's going to come right back and slice my heart. Been married 36 years. This is one of the most challenging verses for marriage, next to Ephesians 5, love your wives as Christ loves the church, but it tells us to be considerate as you live with your wives. The New American Standard says live with your wives in an understanding way. If you don't, then what does it say? Your prayers will be hindered. So what is that teaching us, husbands? It's saying that the way I treat my wife, Deedee, will affect my prayer life. If I am abusive, if I'm demanding, if I'm not gentle and tender with her, it's going to hinder my prayer life. You cannot divorce the horizontal from the vertical how we treat people affects our relationship with God thus our prayer life it's similar what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 remember that he says if you come to the altar to present your offering or you're coming to the altar to fellowship with God and there you remember oh I've got this conflict with my brother or sister what does he say do leave the altar go and make that relationship right to the best of your ability and then come back to the altar. So that too indicates that relational conflict has an effect on our prayer life. Number five, timing. Now there are three answers to prayer. There's yes, there's no, and there's wait. There's yes, there's no, and there's not yet. Sometimes prayer seemingly unanswered is really an issue of timing. It may be that what, what we see in Luke 18.5 is needing to occur where you have the persistent widow, remember that? She had to persist and kept knocking on the door until she received what she was asking for. Persistence pays off. Or it may be that the prayer is not fully in line with God's will. And like you're scoping in a rifle, you're sighting in a rifle. Maybe the scope's a little fuzzy and it needs to be adjusted. Or the sights are a little out of line. You're aiming for the bullseye. That's the will of God. That's effective prayer. And so as you need to, to, to bring it into focus, then you can hit the target. Sometimes it takes time for our prayers to be more in line with the will of God. Or it could be demonic strongholds. Daniel chapter 10. It says i heard your prayers the first day you prayed it but it took 21 days to overcome the prince of persia and many theologians believe that prince of persia was a demonic stronghold of the region of persia it was a grip of the enemy and it took 21 days to chisel away at that stronghold and and knock that wall down sometimes it doesn't come right away hit a brick and hit another brick and hit another brick until it comes down and so sometimes Delayed answer is because there are strongholds That have to be overcome I want you to listen very closely to what I'm about to say I do not want to be misunderstood I firmly believe that what we saw this week In the supreme court ruling Is an example of the power of prayer That can change the course of human history Just like prayer helped defeat the killing of Jews During the holocaust when Jews were considered to many to be less than human. And through the powerful prayers of the Church of the Living God, and there's records that document this, changed the course of World War II and defeated Nazism. Just like mighty prayer defeated slavery in this country, when African-Americans were considered less than human. So has 49 years of prayer helped to overcome the lie that an unborn child is less than human. and Prayer has helped to overcome the unconstitutional decision made in Roe v. Wade in 1973, be not mistaken. Which side of human history do we want to be on, folks? This decision will help save the lives of many children. Hallelujah be to God. So we should rejoice. We should rejoice and celebrate this historic decision by the Supreme Court. At the same time, we need to minister the grace and the love of God for those who have participated in abortion in any way, assuring them that there is forgiveness at the cross. There is healing through the blood of Jesus. But you know how healing occurs? is by truth. Truth will set you free. You have to face the truth. And as you face the truth of the sin, you also face the truth of the gospel and the precious blood of Jesus and where forgiveness and healing is found and it's at the cross of Christ and he can set you free. We also need to be willing to consider adopting the children that are born that may not be able to be raised by the parents. We need to vote. We need to vote for those who will make decisions at the state level now. And we need to dialogue with truth and grace. Did you hear me? We need to dialogue with truth and grace about the legitimate science showing the life of the unborn child so that we can help others see the truth. You know what's amazing about this discussion now? And I'm all for using the Bible. You know that, guys. But if I'm talking to somebody who doesn't respect the Bible, just follow the science. Just say follow the science follow the science look at what the ultrasound shows last I checked when doctors declare somebody dead it's when their heart stops beating well how about when the heart begins to beat why would that not indicate life and that occurs at 21 days so follow the science and what side of history do we want to find ourselves on so timing is another reason Why prayers are either delayed or have to be adjusted. Number six is unbelief. In the book of James, it says, When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything. So there it is. From the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable. Now, faith plays a mysterious part in effective prayer. I cannot fully explain this. And this is why and we'll get to this in a minute this is why praying god's word is so important because as you pray god's word your faith elevates number seven is it's just not in the will of god i love the man i was talking to this week and he said this pastor david i'm so thankful for the many unanswered prayers in my life i said what are you talking about he said especially that one where when i was 18 i begged god to let me marry That that queen of our our school, the homecoming queen, I was smitten. Oh, I was smitten with her. And I prayed and I begged God to give me that woman as my wife. Woo! Am I glad he didn't. You should have seen how she turned out. And so God didn't answer that prayer by his grace. It wasn't his will. So let's go back to our passage. If you ask anything according to my will, you'll have it. So how do we pray in the will of God? Isn't that what we're after today? I mean, that's the core of the passage. Pray according to my will, you'll have it. This is a way to be effective. This is a way to be mighty for God. The Bible says in in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The ultimate desire of prayer, in addition to drawing us closer to God, that's first and foremost. It's not about answers ultimately. First and foremost, it's just about us communing, abiding, being in touch with God. Then from there comes thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We have the ability through prayer in a mysterious, amazing, powerful way to help bring the kingdom of God onto earth. Wow. And so how do we do that? Number one, we seek him for his will. So first of all, when you come to prayer, God, I want to be connected to you. This is why the Bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You don't first just come in and start asking. You may have those needs on your heart and you just want to pound the doors of heaven about the needs, but the first thing we need to do in prayer is just commune with God. This is that principle. Listen closely. You seek his face before his hands. You see, we quickly go to his hands. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And he loves to give. He's a benevolent father. But first of all, we just come to seek his face. God, I want to know you. God, I want to understand your nature. And so you begin with thanks, praise, worship. That's a great way to start your prayer life. Every time you come before the Lord God, I just praise you, I worship you. And so you're seeking his will. You're seeking to abide. You're seeking to be deeply, intimately connected. Because then and only then will you be able to discern the will of God. So don't just quickly come asking Come seeking to know Him and His will. That's the best way to start. Second, and this is huge, pray His word. Because His word is His will. I mean, can you imagine today if somebody you're praying for is struggling with getting direction they how many times you get somebody i don't know about this decision about college or a major or my job or whatever i'm struggling with direction would you pray for me and let's just say that you have the wisdom of god okay a great way to pray for somebody by the way is to pray scripture one of my two major projects for my doctorate one was on the prayers of paul in the new testament so colossians 1 is a great prayer And you're praying for them and you say, I pray that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that they might walk in a manner worthy of you to please you in every respect and to bear fruit in every good work, if it be your will. How crazy would that be? To pray scripture and then to say, if it be thy will. So you don't need to tack that on when you know you're praying the will of God. And how do you know you're praying the will of God? Pray the word of God. You pray Colossians 1 prayer for somebody seeking direction, you can pray with absolute confidence because His Word is His will. How about somebody struggling with anxiety? They don't have peace. Well, Philippians 4, you use that. God, I pray for so-and-so. They're struggling with anxiety. I pray that they would, that they would, not, that they would be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving that they would make their requests made known to you. And the peace of God which passes all understanding Guard and keep their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a great prayer to pray. How about somebody struggling with fear? Oh my goodness, we talked about this a few weeks ago, right? How many people today are struggling with fear? Fear of COVID, fear of the economy, fear of the future, fear of this, fear of that. And they're grip, they're immobilized. And what did we learn a few weeks ago? What? Cast out all fear? Perfect love of God. 1 John 4:17. So you're praying for somebody that's struggling with fear? How about the prayer in Ephesians 3? For the love of God, God, I pray that you would open the eyes of their heart, that they would know the height and depth and width and length of your love that surpasses all knowledge. Fill them to all the fullness of God. You know you're praying God's will when you're praying God's word. You're praying for an unbeliever. 2 Peter 3, 9. It's not God's will that any perish, but that all come to repentance. So God, you desire all to come to repentance. I pray for the salvation of this person. Now here's the tension. The tension of human will, free will. God will not violate somebody's free will and force them to be saved. And so here's that tension, is it not? It's struggle, but your job is not. You can't control their will, okay? But God can soften their heart. God can open their eyes. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers if they not see the light of the glory of the gospel. So when I pray for an unbeliever, I say I bind up any wicked spirit that is blinding their mind. I come against the powers of darkness that seek to blind the minds of unbelievers, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And God, based on 2 Peter 3, 9, I'm asking you, soften their heart, open their eyes, help them see the light of the glory of the gospel. Lord, put circumstances in their life to draw them to you. I have known people that have prayed for years and years and years, and finally that person gets saved power of prayer but so much is a mystery number three praying in Jesus name John 14 13 Jesus said I'll do whatever you ask in my name John 16 23 my father will give you whatever you ask in my name now listen praying in Jesus name is not tacking that phrase on as some magical formula in the first century when the New Testament was written that phrase in someone's name and it's used the same today in many ways especially at a governmental level is you pray with the authority of that person you pray as if they were praying it in other words if we send an ambassador to another country they go representing the united states of america they go in the name of the usa and so they go with the authority And with the backing of that country that's what in Jesus name means is you're praying as if Jesus were praying it you're praying in the authority of Jesus thus you're praying in line with his will number four pray in agreement with others in Matthew chapter 18 again I say if two of you agree about anything it will be done by my father in heaven now why does Jesus bring this agreement equation into into the picture well, I believe it's because there's power in numbers. You come together and you're praying with others. And here's one of the, I tell you, I don't know about you, but when I pray in a group of people and, and somebody's praying and others are going, amen, yes, I agree, amen, there's agreement. It's like it's building faith. And, and, but if somebody's praying something and, 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 it, and it's not, you just know it's not God's will, okay, here would be an example. If I'm praying with somebody and, and, and they're praying, for a for a for a, their child who's dating an unbeliever. So they have a they have a child who's a believer, but they're dating an unbeliever. God, I just pray for their marriage. I pray they'll get married. And wait a minute. I'm not agreeing with that. It's not God's will that you marry an unbeliever. So how can I agree with that? In first service today, former UGA quarterback, Jake Fromm, was here. And I had the first service break up into groups of three and pray together. He came up to me after the service. I love this. And he said, Pastor David, there is such such an awesome feeling when when you have what I just experienced, where three people are praying together, and they're just agreeing, and they're in unity. And he said this. I didn't make this up. These are his words. He said, that feeling is as good as throwing a touchdown pass. I love that. Amen. Amen. The power of agreement in prayer. Now, number five, it's not on your notes, but I added it this morning. Just abiding in Jesus. This is ultimately the key. You pr- if you're a, again, I go back to John 15. I think John 15 and 1 John 5 are just like kissing cousins. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish. So what does it mean to abide? It means to stay connected. It means to be in close fellowship with God. You're walking with him, you're seeking him, you're abiding in him, you're hearing his voice. If you stray a little, you quickly come back because your ultimate desire is to know, love, and serve God. Man, when you're in that mode, he's going to speak to you, he's going to lead you, he's going to direct you, he's going to give you scriptures to claim. If you need scriptures, you go to a brother or sister to give you some. And that is one of the huge keys to effective prayer, simply abiding in the Lord and in his word. All right, let's take some questions and testimonies. So if you have a a question, if you have a quick testimony about God moving and answering prayer in your life, uh, we would welcome that to be shared as well. Somebody asked, how do we battle prayerlessness? And I would just say, deepen your conviction about how important it is and make this a part of every day of your life I wake up usually about 5 30 to 6 every morning and I spend at least an hour with God it's the first thing I do it doesn't matter if I'm on vacation my time with God is the most important thing I do in any given day and it's just do I always wake up feeling like it all excited to do it No, but I am hundred thousand percent convinced that nothing's more important in my given day into staying in touch with God having that abiding relationship spending time in his word and prayer and so the best way to overcome prayerlessness is to just do it and to get the discipline and the conviction of how important this is and God will bless it he will bless your obedience so raise your hand if you have a question or text it in and that comes to my phone all right
1: um hey I just wanted to add something that was brought to my attention. Uh, with prayer, um, especially like if you're not feeling um, good about coming to prayer, or, I don't know, faithless, um, sing praise and worship. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> that
1: will really amp you up to
0: Amen. just
1: the music. Yeah. If you find a song getting stuck in your head too, that's I think that's God speaking to you, but um, it's been brought to my attention that when you praise and then come to Him in prayer, your prayer is even stronger.
0: Oh, I totally agree. Thank you for sharing that. Hundred percent agree. Psalm 22:3 in the King James says that uh, He inhabits the praises of His people, and that word inhabit means to live among. He is most comfortable in an atmosphere of praise. You know, you and I are comfortable in certain atmospheres, right? You'd be more comfortable, I hope, in your living room than at a topless bar downtown. I would hope you'd be more comfortable in the living room of your home. And God's God's everywhere, but He's more comfortable in certain settings. He's more comfortable in the atmosphere of praise and worship. You praise and worship him, man, it just, now he's, he's already present, but it just like stirs up his presence. He begins to manifest his presence. He's so at home in that atmosphere. That's the atmosphere of heaven. And so that is why I believe it's important to start our prayer with praise and worship and get music going, and man, it just stirs up the presence and power of God. Oh, here's a good one. Before that one, this just came in. When I lived in Haiti, we had to rely on prayer for simple things like water so we can take showers or no rain so we can sleep peacefully outside. Prayer was super powerful in a third world country, and that's when I felt most in tune with the Lord. I have to continue to remind myself that just because I'm back home now here doesn't mean I shouldn't be praying exactly as I would have done there. So we had a couple people in the first session this morning that were talking about how do you know if your prayer is working or should you continue? And so I just had uh, a praise that after 35 years, there was a very sincere sin in my parents' marriage that was forgiven and completely wiped away and all the people that were involved. But it took 34, 35 years to continually pray over it wow. for it to happen. Wow. Amen. Thank you, brother.
2: Um, I was just thinking that sometimes we be in company of people that are acknowledging God, and it makes you very uncomfortable. So you, you will sit there and you will stay there, and they expect you to participate in that. But if they look at your face or look at the way that your expression is, they begin to say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Oh, excuse my French. You know, so we have to let God show in every part of our life, whether we just get up and tell them, you don't talk like that to me. You don't do this. Just let God take control. Because mm. a lot of times in
0: prayer is where correction comes. If we're in his presence and we're out of line in some way, that's the best place for him to show us and correct us and sanctify us. So prayer in and of itself is a great tool for sanctification.
2: So you talked about unanswered prayer for a while, but at what point do we stop praying for something? And how do we, at what point are we just like, okay, it's come time for me to stop praying about this? Not that you're giving up or anything, but.
0: Well, that is a perfect lead into next week's message. Because it says in the passage next week, and this is going to be a booger to handle. Uh, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask. And God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. What is the sin leading to death that might lead us to stop praying? We'll deal with that next week. Stay tuned. But I think I think, you, my leaning is never give up. You know, if you're to stop praying for something, I think the Lord will show you. I don't think there's any magical line you cross or any formula for this. I think, you know, I would rather stand before the Lord and and having persevered and persevered and persevered and it never was answered than to have given up only to find out that had I not given up, it would have been answered, especially for a lost person.
3: All right?
1: kind of off of that, something that I learned through a Priscilla Schreier Bible study was when we pray, we know through scripture that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. Mm. And so we can present our request to the Lord, but then we can also at the end go, but God, if you want to do better, Ooh, I love <laughs> then, that. then do exceedingly abundantly. And a testimony to that was um, when our hus- my husband and I first started our business here in Athens, we signed a lease for a car lot and it was for a year um, but in that year we were quickly outgrowing the place we would signed the lease to well to break the lease would be five thousand dollars we could not afford to do that and we know the landlord was completely unwilling to do so but we found a new lot right down the road and we'd only been at our present lot for about four months and so we literally got in the car and I said you know what let's just pray about it and so I started praying I said Lord you know, if you could change his heart, if it, he could maybe just charge us $1,000 instead of five. I mean, five would be like three months of revenue at that point for us. It was a big number. Um, and literally, I said, or do better. Do exceedingly Ooh. abundantly above all we could ask or imagine because we're, we don't know. We can't go to court. We can't pay lawyer fees. My husband's phone immediately rang, and he pulled over. I and mean, we were literally just getting onto the loop. And uh, the lady said, hello, sir. Um, this is the Athens Planning and Development Society Committee. And we were just calling to notify you, do you uh, lease the property? at such and such address. He said, yes, I do. It was on speaker. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> hearing all of it. I'm like, what in the world? And she said, um, we're just notifying you that your building is being demolished. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and we were like, excuse me? And she said, your landlord should have notified you. but..." Your lease is now in void. We'll be meeting with you in the next couple of days. And we will be giving you money to transfer your lease to a different property because we will be taking over your property.
2: Wow. And we,
1: we were just like, what? Are you serious? We hung up the phone and my husband looked at me and he said, well, I guess that was our Jericho moment. <laughs> we didn't even think to pray. You could just demolish the building, wow. God. So Amen. you ask. And then say, or you know what, God, we would never have thought to ask that.
0: That's awesome.
1: And he can do it.
0: Amen. Amen. Love it. Love it. it, Love it. (laughs) All right. So have fun with this. That's the Bible. Have fun with this. This is an adventure. What a great adventure we have to live and walk with the Lord and to ask and receive and believe God for big things. Who else? Over here.
2: Um, More like a comment. I always have comments, I guess. Um, I would hope that everyone that goes to church in Athens and all over the world will sincerely ask God, How can I serve you? Bless me with things that I can bless other people and make them happy. Put me where you want me to be not in my busy day, earnestly pray that and your life will completely change. Mm. Other people will totally just say, and God told you to do this for Mm. me. And that's what he did and what he sent his disciples to impress upon the world and we can sit here and be occupied in church, but we all need to be so aware mm. of what his heart has for our heart mm. because we will literally change our world when this, these times like Roverus's Wade are very important to just walk and see people and either shoot prayers or be bold enough to go over and mm. say, I see that you're depressed and pray. I mean, God will give you what is bothering them Mm. if you've been through much and that's what we're supposed to do. Mm. And I just wanted to share that. Mm. And even if you're not really, really involved in your church, just ask him, Lord, I want to be where you Mm. you want me to be. I want to be where you are. And help these people that are screaming out, God, just show me one person. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. So and good. That is,
0: Thank you, Rita. That that that's a good word. You know what you me. shared is that we're the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the fullness of God who fills all in all. His body, his church, his people, us who are saved. We are the fullness of God. Not that we complete his deity, but we are his expression on earth. And that's how he fills all in all, is through his people. Amen.
4: Uh, say enough about praying the word. Yeah. It solves a lot of problems, at least for me, solved a lot of problems in my head. And it was pray once, God's not deaf. <laughs> he, what, what did you preach earlier? When, did, when does he hear us? when we ask. Right. And continually thank him Mm. for whatever it is. Yes. Into his uh, course with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. Okay. Into his presence with thanksgiving. And I think the gentleman a while ago asked a real uh, question that plagues many, has certainly plagued me throughout my Christian life. And that is when, when, if it doesn't happen, does that mean the answer is no? Mm. Okay? And at some point, uh, it's kind of like, I just go until something else happens. Yeah. It, it, uh, uh, you know, it, it can be like a total 180 out of the blue, mm. or all of a sudden an opportunity comes about that thing you're praying for, just like uh, this lady mm. testo- uh, sh- uh, shared a while ago. Totally something totally different you never yeah. would have thought about. But pray in the word. Amen. Pray the word. Pray Amen. The word. Good word. By the way, you asked about Jonathan House.
0: He's over here. Jonathan, raise your hand so y'all can connect after the service. He was looking for you before the service, so I'm connecting you right now. <laughs> Alright, here's one, Shannon. Up here.
3: Alright, go over here. Stuart. Morning, Morning Pastor Dave. Hey, brother. Um, I've been praying about that little joint across the road over yonder. And now after hearing her say that, well, you know, I've been praying everything, but Lord, strike the place with lightning. Oh, you talking about the fortune telling place? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, um, I'm not, I'm not going to back off of that now. Yeah,
0: and I think, That's, I think, and here I would encourage all of us to do this because we drive past it. Most of us, if you're coming from that direction, you're driving mm-hmm. past it every time you come here. Bind up those evil spirits. Absolutely. Because it is being, it, no question, that activity is demonic period oh, no questions asked
3: absolutely and so I've prayed all kind of every, every there show. are
0: unseen demonic spirits <laughs> yeah. over that house over that place and just in the name and blood of jesus mm-hmm. we come against that we bind that god we pray you send angels to
3: remove those yeah. spirits the very dirt that place sits on yeah them. and open yeah. their heart to the truth There there's one other thing I was, wanting, I was wanting to mention um god is honor bound by his very own word that if we come to him with expectation Mm. that he's gonna answer, he's Mm. he's gonna hear. In the book of Job, Satan himself presented himself before God and expected to be heard. And God Mm. recognized him and said, well, what what are you doing and all that? Right. And gave him, he said, I'm putting Job's stuff, I'm putting all that in your hand according to his own word and gave him a leash too, limitation for his own glory yeah now that's that's pretty bold yeah but Satan believes he knew God would would do what he asked him because he believed that he was God mm-hmm. that's that's kind of strong I mean I see you mentioned a persistent widow I, I, I think that you know if I just bug God and I was, hey look Lord, I'm a believer, <laughs> and I love you. I know you love me. Yeah, come on, I, I need some time with you. He's honor bound, and, and aside from, he just loves to hear that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yep. That's All right, over here.
5: So this isn't really a question. It's it's just I'm just going to be bold and ask for prayer for something in our family. Um, my son. I'm a believer, but I'm not a prayer warrior, and I'm in awe of people who can call themselves that and, I've, you know, and are that. Um, if anyone here has a heart for prayer, I have a special needs teenage son, and today he left for ESP Camp, which is um, it's a special needs organization. Mm. And it's not a Christian one in town, but there's a lot of Christians.
0: Yeah, that work that, there. Yeah, that Absolutely. work at it. That's right.
5: And um, he's had a really hard year. And I just would ask that uh, since I don't know how to pray for him, that anyone here who uh, loves prayer pray for Matthew early, that he's having an amazing time and that he's safe in the hot, hot weather. Mm. And that um, just that he has an amazing time and that people come around him who can help him because he's had just Good. a really sad year. And, that's okay.
0: it. and there's probably some people online that are going to be entering into that as well. All right. Anybody else?
6: I, I got a quick uh my baby sister that lives in Dalton, uh, she, she'd been divorced and but before she was divorced there was a uh, she, she was she was going through a lot of things physically and mentally and there was a, a young lady living with her and her ex-husband and my stepmother would drive by because they lived right in front of them She would drive by there every day and and pray to bind those spirits and to to, uh, just remove anything that's evil from that house. And she was thinking in her human self that it was that girl because she had some some problems. And it it was always a problem with her there. And uh, out of the blue, my ex-brother-in-law just took off and left. And that was, I truly believe that that was the evil in that house. Because after he left, her physically and mentally, she's got a million times better. So, I mean, it was just one thing. Just that consistent prayer and not knowing, just like not knowing about the building and not knowing about different things. God's going to come through when you pray for that.
0: Amen. Good word. All right. So let's do it. We've talked about it. Let's do it. So I'm going to have you break into groups of three. Try to keep it no more than three. I want, your, I want you to share, give your name and one thing you'd like prayer for. Keep it super brief because I want you to get to prayer quick. Groups of three, give your name, one thing you'd like for people to pray for you about, and then pray. I'm going to give you about eight minutes for this. Uh, so go to groups of three. My house shall be a house of prayer. All right. right, let's do, Oh, couples, married or dating, encourage you to not pray together. So encourage couples split up just so that you kind of get to know other people. And uh, if you see somebody by themselves, invite them into your little huddle. Let's do it. Make sure everybody is in a group. If you see somebody by themselves, invite them in. Thank you. I'm going to give you just another minute or two, so kind of bring it to a close. Make sure everybody in your group has been prayed for.